What's up, everybody? It's the Benchwarmers and Waterboys podcast. We got Chuck, we got Thatcher, we got Daniel, we got John, What's and up? yours truly, Carson. We're here, ready to go. How's everybody doing? Good. I'm good. Awake. I'm, I'm happy today. Life's sad. Miles is weird. Lost fantasy again. So yeah, <laughs> ditto, funny. dude. That uh, Charlie has the little puppy. She's good. She is trying to get in though. But oh, do you have the doors closed on her? Because she she tries to eat my computer wires, and so I just oh, just whatever. Very oh, that's annoying. Fair. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, How far do you think you could hunt your dog, dude? Far, dude. Very far. <laughs> Very far. How well, now she likes it too, doesn't she? See some of the field goals. Yeah, dude. She is like gnawing on my toes and it hurts so bad so it like dude her teeth freaking hurt when i went over to visit she just gnawed my big toe and i thought she was gonna eat it off she's about to get launched by the way we do not support animal animal abuse this podcast so we just want to make that clear it's not abuse if they like it that's Mm. Oh, no. I, I, okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's move on. Start off the wrong way. <laughs> okay, uh, we need a 360. Wait a minute. Okay, so we got a quick question or three quick questions for y'all today. We're gonna do a new a new uh, segment called Sale or Bail. Uh, start, sits, weekly pick 'em, and uh, we're gonna finish it off with some potential upsets. Hint, hint. There, I think there's gonna be a ton this week. But let's get started with the first question. When do y'all think is the right time for Tua, uh, backup quarterback, rookie quarterback, first-round quarterback for the Miami Dolphins to come in and overtake Ryan Fitzpatrick as the starting quarterback? Dude, how do you how do you start Tua over Ryan Fitzpatrick right now? He's like yeah. throwing these major games, like he's winning say, football games. Like I would say, give the rest of the season to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he deserves it, honestly. At this point, Charlie, you're shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head? Well, it depends. If the Dolphins are on the playoff hunt, week twelve then you play Tua because you already know what you're getting from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Might as well yeah. let the rookie get some experience. This is the future of your franchise. So might as well yeah. – the games don't really matter for you anyways. Almost, you kind of want to so lose it's... the games. But just to get him some experience under his belt. Yeah, He hasn't played a snap in over a year now. So Yeah, yeah but a rookie there. quarterback needs development. They, I, don't, I don't agree with just throwing a rookie quarterback in, into the season. It it's hasn't very been very successful them. lately. Yeah, I mean, Justin and, Herbert is looking real good. I think it was yeah, very was upon, good like too. seven or eight years ago, but a lot like Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, most of these guys are just thrown in there because like they just need to get some experience under their belt. Um, yeah. So I just, I just yeah. think to throw them in there. I, I side with you, Charlie. I think that uh, as long as you're still in playoff contention, Ryan Fitzpatrick is your starting quarterback. Um, but the second that you are no longer in playoff consideration – I think you throw Tua out there and just start giving him the reps because there's no point in starting Fitzpatrick anymore because you know what you're going to get and you're not going to make the playoffs, so you might as well develop your younger guys. So uh, I'm right there with you. Do you think it's going to keep going, or do you think he's going to start fading? I think he's fine. I mean, it's been like, what is it, like 10 games in a row now and dating back to last season where Ryan Fitzpatrick has been balling out. Let yeah. me go look at uh, his stats real quick, but – yeah, I mean, the Dolphins are honestly like an underdog team. Their team only got better, especially in the offseason with some uh, big defensive pickups. So, uh, I mean, I this mean, year alone, Fitzpatrick, I mean, week one for fantasy only dropped an eight piece, but week two against the Bills, he dropped 24, Jags 25, Seattle 23, and then this past week against San Fran, he dropped 27. Yeah, he's, he's been diced up San Fran. He has only had, let's see here. Since week seven of last season, he's only had let's see, one, two, three, four games under uh, under fifteen points. Only four games. The rest of them have been like in the twenties. 
uh, and then yeah, all in like the low to high twenties with I mean, a couple he's thirty games. Kind of a s- automatic start in fantasy. Honestly, he is. I mean, if we're being he's honest, game like, scripted out. I mean, there's not too many guys that can go out there and give you six touchdown weeks. I mean, he's done that before. He did that with the Houston Texans. He threw for six touchdowns in a game. So uh, yeah. he's definitely got the talent to do that. So let's move yeah. on. Um, unfortunately, Dak Prescott. Uh, we talked about this in the first episode of the week, but Dak Prescott mm-hmm. um, had a compound fracture on his ankle. Um, I don't want to get too far into it. Hope that he heals up soon and fast. He's a, he's a fun quarterback to watch. Good guy. But Andy Dalton, in my opinion, is if he's not the best backup in the NFL, he's probably the second best, excuse me, second best backup in the NFL. What are y'all's expectations for Andy Dalton going forward? I can agree with you. I mean, he's a veteran quarterback, and he's on the he's on the Cowboys. He's got weapons, and I mean, he's not Dak Prescott, and I haven't seen him play recently. But I, I feel pretty good, pretty confident with him and being a backup for the Dallas Cowboys. So, if I'm a Cowboys I, fan, I'm not worried about Andy Dalton being my quarterback. I'm worried about my defense not giving mm-hmm. 50 points a game. For sure, Andy Dalton exactly. has enough weapons to put up yes. enough points to win you a game. It's your defense that's losing you game. Honestly, this may help their team having a less mobile quarterback. Um, they're not going have to worry about Dak running he will throw the ball more instead of opting into running and then they'll be using Zeke they haven't used Zeke at all this year so if anything else having a less mobile quarterback may actually help their team yeah and you know what's amazing is that Zeke's like he's never going to get injured I feel like that man is like invincible <laughs> well back on wood now man's about to break his hip this next week thanks for <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean Andy Dalton is – he's a great quarterback. I mean, let's let's look at some old stats here. Um, when he's been with Cincinnati his entire career except for this year, and 2013 – or let's see, 2015, he had Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones and A.J. Green all healthy. And uh, he only played 13 games, but uh, he had, let's see, 3,300 passing yards, 25 touchdowns. But he's had, you know, four th- he's had multiple 4,000-yard seasons – uh, and so he's definitely a guy that can go out there, especially with this team, because this offense is the best offense that he's ever had in his career. Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott, in my opinion, are much better than A.J. Green, Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and Giovanni Bernard, and Tyler Eifert. So, yeah. Uh, and this is back when Tyler Eifert was in the same conversation as Travis Kelsey. Uh, it was Gronk. Uh, I think Aaron Hernandez was still around. Jimmy Graham with the Saints, and then it was Tyler Eifert and Travis Kelsey going back and forth between either yards or touchdowns. So um, Andy Dalton has been on a good offense before. They were a playoff team. He was, an M- he was in the MVP race that year. Unfortunately, you know, Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones both left for their uh, respective new locations in the Falcons and the Lions. Um, but Andy Dalton has shown that when he's surrounded by capable receivers, he can be a major threat. And so I think that, I mean, he is – He's not Dak Prescott, but he is – I personally think he's just barely one tier below him. So, uh, I don't think that he's really going to lose you games, but he definitely has the ability to win you games. So, I think that Andy Dalton is going to be great rest of season. And they only have, like, three tough matchups for the rest of the year when it comes to defenses. They've got the Ravens, the 49ers, and the Steelers, and all the other defenses are pretty soft. I mean, he still has to play his own division. So, um you can expect probably some streamable options from Andy Dalton in the future too. Here's a question. I was reading, I was reading something up on this. Um, so they, speaking of rookie quarterbacks, like to the last, last question, um, they got this, this rookie Ben DiNucci. Um, 
He got comparisons to Tony Romo. He's a late pick. Do you think they try him at all this year since Dak's gone? Or do you think they – it's kind of the same thing with Fitzpatrick. They're going to ride Dalton until they decide that either yay or nay playoffs are What's his out there. Ben DiNucci? DiNucci? I gotcha. That's um, I, I think that a good indicator of that will be this upcoming week on whether or not he's actually on the active roster. So I don't think that he's probably been active to this point, but if he is active, then I wouldn't be surprised if they were willing he to try him at some point. picked up a couple point. snaps here and there at least. Yeah, I mean, um, let's see here. I mean, if they're in a blowout scenario, then I could see him coming in for mm-hmm. a little bit of playing time, um, whether they're I mean, you know getting totally blown out or they are doing the blowing out. So Dak's um, young, but, I mean, that's a major issue to a mobile quarterback. So I – I was – people were saying potentially career-ending. I don't think so. But, I, I mean, I don't know if he'll be the same coming back. So, I didn't yeah. know what yeah. y'all thought about another rookie putting in. But I think Andy Dalton's a fantastic backup. Yeah, that's true. But it's not like we're talking about uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Dak still throws a lot. So, I mean, I don't know. He's put up some pretty crazy throwing numbers so far. To be fair, yeah. they've high-scoring games because the defense has given up so much points. But Yeah, he was on pace for something like – 7,200 yards at one point. So yeah, it's crazy. Uh, absolutely record breaking, by the way. Uh, yeah. So, it's okay, like- let's let's move on to the next uh, and final quick question. Le'Veon Bell was released last night, or excuse me, we're recording this on Wednesday. And so on Tuesday night, Le'Veon Bell was released by the Jets. Apparently they had been trying to trade him since last year's trade deadline. Uh, they couldn't find any takers this year, even three weeks before the trade deadline. So they just cut bait. Apparently it was mutual. Um, where do y'all think is the best landing spot for Le'Veon and why? Charlie, you go first. I came up just now with a list of five teams that could potentially, I think, is a good fit. Um, number one, the Bills. Wow. Just great minds think alike. Hmm. That was going to be my number one pick as well. Uh, yep. Explain. Like they have running backs, but they don't have that clear number one guy, and I think he could yep. come in there and kind of just take it over and – show the younger guys like how to just kind of mentor them. Mm-hmm. Um, my second team is I know the Patriots don't like having a clear number one guy, but I think he could be what they've been looking for for so many years. They always mm-hmm. run three running backs out there. So maybe he could take over. Um, another one was the Cardinals. I don't think Kenyon Drake is see working out as well as people thought. I think um, they would have to move on from Kenyon Drake though, to sign Le'Veon. Yep. And, and both then, are on or- – that could work out because Kenyon Drake is on a tag, so fun. you could cut him and oh, save on. money. Um, yeah. Okay, Ooh. yeah, keep going. Sorry. Um, the Rams, I know they have some younger guys, but that's probably my oh, least Rams. favorite one, but I could mm-hmm. possibly see him going to the Rams. They mm-hmm. kind of use him like as a Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite one where I could really see him, the Bears. I just think oh, that – dude. Heck, yeah. The Bears, they lost three Cohen. David Montgomery is like – he's a guy you want if you want two yards. Mm-hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. Two yards. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and and Le'Veon Bell is the best of both David Montgomery and Tyreek Hill – or not Tyreek Hill, Tariq Cohen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he catches the ball just as well as Tariq, and he can run the ball better than David Montgomery. So, those, yeah. are, those are my possible landing spots. Yeah. Let me just do two real quick, uh, and then I'll let you all go on. Uh, number one, the Bills. I kind of already uh, uh, talked about that. I personally think that Devin Singletary is talented, but mm-hmm. I don't think that he is a top-tier talent that uh, can really make a difference regardless of the situation, regardless of the game script. And so, uh, and Zach Moss is not that good in my opinion. And so um, having those two guys as a one-two punch, I think would be very good. I see Devin Singletary maybe as a Tevin Coleman-esque type of player behind a Devonta Freeman. 
and I think that Le'Veon Bell still has some juice in the tank. Uh, my second place would be the Dolphins. I think that's probably the only mm-hmm. place where he could come in and be the bona fide uh, running back. Uh, I think the best spot would be the Jets, but of course that's not going to happen uh, because the Jets are terrible in the running back room. But yes, uh, Miles Gaskin is not really getting it done. Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch. So that yeah. means that the Dolphins think that Miles Gaskin is better than Jordan Howard, which is hard to believe considering Who he's has Jordan Howard a couple of years removed him. from a 1,400-year <laughs> season. So uh, I think the Dolphins or the Bills would be the best spots. And NFL I have a hard time Dolphins seeing go to the Dolphins, though, just because – Really? I like, thought he was going to the Dolphins. Really? I just don't know because he though. hates – yeah, he hates losing. He, he literally pissed – like was pissed with the Jets because they weren't winning games. And the Dolphins, they win a couple more because their offense is looking more decent. What I think he's going to pay him right now. If they're winning right now, they have good running backs. If you go from the Jets to the Dolphins, it's like going from Jack in the Box to Burger King. It's like, really? It's just bad. I don't know. I think the Dolphins are a much better team than the Jets. The Dolphins are – But are they a more competitive? Look where Le'Veon – Le'Veon's at his end of his career, maybe has one or two more good years. He needs to go to a team like the Bills. serious contenders for a few more than that. I could see – I was reading up – and I saw something that said the 49ers should make a move. They so like that they're, they're loaded. Well, that, but Mostert's not looking healthy right now. Their wide receivers are starting to kind of come back in. And then if they make the move for Kirk also, that kind of refreshes they their team. They literally have no Look, cap room. They, I know yeah, they have no cap room. room. I understand that. But I'm just saying it gives them a whole new look to fill yeah, their team. But Le'Veon is going to clear waivers, which means that they can, they can pick the price at that point. So if he does not clear waivers, then any team that picks him up will have to pay his current contract uh, and pick that up. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, once he clears waivers, which I expect him to do uh, because of that cap hit, then yes, he will, he will be cheaper, and then anybody can sign him for whatever they want. Um, Are we not going to talk about the Chiefs? I feel like he could go to the Chiefs, be a two-down running back, and then they use Clyde as the third-down running back. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, realistically, I think that that would be a – decent move I think that Daryl Williams has been doing okay uh, as the number two guy uh, I think that if if Le'Veon were to come in he would be more of a, of a, a excuse me a red zone uh, kind of running back because Clyde is just really small and they haven't they haven't really been able to punch him into the end zone yet they haven't been able to scheme him in to yeah, uh, figure tiny. that out the reason I don't think he goes to the Chiefs is because Clyde has been producing I, I, honestly, more than I thought he would. He's been actually really good. He's a hard guy to tackle. He's a hard guy to actually like see. He's so yes. tiny. If Clyde so, wasn't having a good year, I think they'd be um, going after see, him. But I, I think I don't think the Chiefs need to. I don't know yeah. if they, I don't know if Clyde can hold it up though. I think Clyde could roll fantastically into a Tariq Cohen spot where he's just a catching back, and no, he, he and works out fantastically. Really well. I know he's he fast, runs it really well, but he could take. He's it just not and good in the red zone. There. And, and they I, don't need him to be good in the red zone. They have Patrick Mahomes. One thing I will yeah. say, though, before we move on, is I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get picked up at all um, because Ooh. of the fact that I think that he is a flight risk. I think that he just brings too much drama into a clubhouse. And so especially if he comes in, you know, desiring a lot of money, no team is going to give him a lot of money. I would be surprised if anybody offered, that from offered him over $5 million. Yeah, and you know, Le'Veon wanted fifteen million plus, and I would be surprised if anybody's going to give him more than five million. Uh, I would be surprised if they gave him more than three or four, like a Devonta Freeman contract. I think he's better than Devonta Freeman, but also I don't. I, I just he brings a lot of drama with him, and I don't know. He didn't go. Deal with that. He didn't have a rush over twenty yards with the Jets. Like the Jets O line is also a atrocious no though. Running's hugely about your O line though. To be fair, Adam Gase is a black hole. 
for uh, for production. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. the only person that's good in the Adam Gase system is Jamison Crowder. Everybody else that leaves him is uh, balls out. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, we're going to play around with our new segment, Sailor Bale. So let me explain what this is. This has nothing to do with fantasy implications. We just want to talk strictly NFL. Um, so uh, the first name on the board, for example, is going to be Daniel Jones. And so mm -hmm. the question that's going to be posed is, should the Giants – bail cut bait on daniel jones cut him trade him get get him out of uh, the starting lineup and then put somebody else in there or should they keep going um charlie you're shaking your head no so tell me why you think the Giants should hold on to daniel jones i mean this is his second year and the giants have one of the worst offensive lines in the game um he hasn't had a running game saquon hasn't been healthy um since he's been there and so he's had to deal with this besides darius slayton I mean, his receivers are in and out of the lineup, and he—he's—I think he's progressing. Um, he does hold onto the ball a little bit too long sometimes, and makes young mistakes. But I, I like Daniel Jones. I think he has a lot of potential, um, especially if they're going to be a run-first team. I think he can do anything you need him to do: play action. He can hit all the throws. So, I think it's too early to bail on him yet. He hasn't shown me that he's a bust. I think he right. will show a lot of potential. So, I think it's too early. So, I'm sailing with him. I think. Yeah. I I'm sailing with them. Um, I mean, again, they don't have Saquon, so you can't really – you can't run it a ton. I mean, they have Freeman, but it's no Saquon. They expected to have Saquon on, on the team, and now you you can't bust him because you don't have one of the best running backs in the game. That's not his fault. Is there anybody that's going to disagree with Charlie? No, I think that's a pretty fair thing. This is okay. a, a weighted out. Definitely. He's a young quarterback. I mean, you got nothing else really. So. Who is Mitch Trubisky? I'd be bailing. I would, <laughs> I would say, I would say we could move on to the next name, except I'm going to bail on Daniel Jones. And yeah, I know it. I know it. Just a, just this a, is the guy who wanted to sail with Brock Osweiler. No, I am not. I was excited because we had, he, he, Brock Osweiler was a step up from Ryan Mallett. So thank you very much. All those names suck. That's right. They, they do all suck. Okay, let me tell you why I'm bailing on, on uh, Daniel Jones. And friend of the show, Tyler Volk, agrees with me. Um, if you watch Daniel Jones play football, he's got the arm talent, but his awareness, his pocket awareness is a zero in Madden. And usually the minimum rating is a 49. So it's pretty impressive to go below that. So if you, if you watch him carefully, uh, especially two weeks ago, whenever he's uh, pressured in the pocket, he doesn't know when to roll out. And, he, and the only times that he does is when he's literally run into and bounces off of a tackle or his own offensive lineman, who he has no idea is standing right next to him. So if he's not getting the ball out quick or he doesn't have a clean pocket, it's, it's not fun to watch because he has no pocket awareness. He has, it's almost like he's wearing blinders like a horse does when they're racing. He can't see his peripherals. And um, I, I think that that's something that you can change. He has the arm talent. So if they can adjust that and work with that over the next – uh, the rest of the season, then I say give him a shot, you know, let him play out his rookie contract. But on, as of right now, I wouldn't want to pick up his fifth-year option. I would I would just want to see if we can actually see uh, improvement. And if we don't, then I'll be ready to bail because while his floor seems okay, um, he's not the worst quarterback in the league. He's never going to be a top-10 quarterback. He'll so never be a top-15 quarterback You're bailing quarterback in a couple years is what you're saying. You're not I'm, sailing right now. I'm willing to bail at the end of this year if we don't see improvement. Just because I don't, I think that his ceiling is capped. Um, I don't think he'll ever be a top fifteen guy, maybe even a top twenty guy in talent wise as as starters in the NFL. 
if he can't uh, improve on that. I mean, I think in last, well, last thing I'll mention before I move on is whenever you're playing like video games, there's a skill tree that you can progress, right? I think Daniel Jones is at like the second or third tier of that skill tree that has like 15 different branches on it. And the next tier up is Jameis Winston. So I think that Jameis Winston is a better quarterback purely because he has better pocket awareness. Because uh, essentially they're the same player in my eyes. They're relatively mobile. They've got a cannon of an arm that can put the ball anywhere on the field uh, and they're turnover prone. So um, I think the only difference between him and Jamison is that Jamison has been in the league longer and has shown that he doesn't change. Like he's always yeah. going to have that turnover problem. Daniel Jones is only in the first half of year two. Um, and so I yeah, think there's plenty of time for him to learn. I think a lot of the pockets pocket awareness is just repetition and like knowing like, Hey, I've been in the situation before. I, I, like, it's just like a feeling almost you get, like you have someone coming from behind you. Not everyone has it, but if you are in that situation enough, you can kind of teach yourself like, Hey, yeah. I've hold, held on the ball for like four seconds. Now I'm probably about to get crushed. Yeah. It's time to move. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about Matt Ryan, Matty ice quarterback for the Atlanta oh, Falcons. Bail. Daniel, are you sailing or bailing? Man, I don't know how you bail yet. Do you even have a backup? Like Matt Schwab, I think, is the next guy up. I mean, I think Excellent I, legend. I think you're forced to ride this out to the end of the year, but I think I think you immediately need to start thinking of other options. This season is ugly, right? Head coach is out. Uh, I think, you know, Matt Ryan's a matter of time. So I think I think it's probably time to bail, but I don't think you can really do it in the middle of the season. Yeah. I agree with that. Oh yeah, yeah Thatcher going. Uh, I was just going to say, like, yeah, he's 35. I mean, he's pretty old. And, like, he's only had the past three games, he's only had one touchdown pass and, like, two picks. I mean, I mean, he's, his passing, like, average per yards or his passing yards are pretty average. I mean, he's averaging, like, 200 yards per game. But I think he's time to bail, honestly. So, Charlie, what do you think? Well, I'm just looking up his contract, and he still has the remainder of this year, 2021, tw- and then he has an option. Um, and then they can play twenty two and twenty three. I just think after this year, the dude's thirty five. Like, how much are you really? Do you really want to pay him that kind of money? I, I'm done after this contract. I'm I'm not re-signing him. Right. I think it's time to reset after his con. It's a lot of, like that's a lot of money. His base I mean, salary and t- next year is twenty three million dollars. They're potentially tanking for Trevor right now. Wh- yeah. Whether they're I mean, meaning to they, or not, they time. may be able to reset. That- whether they yeah. want to or not. That's I wouldn't be surprised if they keep Dan Quinn and fire him after they release Matt Ryan and just get a whole new fresh start in there. Um, but, yeah, I think this – I'm done with Matt Ryan after his contract is up. I'm, I, he's just not cutting anymore. It's time to move on. You need new, you just need a new team, basically. Yeah, yeah I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that Julio hasn't really seen the field much too, but at the same time, you're a veteran quarterback. I mean, yeah. And Calvin Ridley still played phenomenal. So you have a talent and other guys have stepped up as well. So, yeah, I'll, I'll just quickly say before we move on to the next player is uh, I think that he's still a good quarterback, but his production has been heavily tied to Julio throughout his career. And now that Julio's not doing too well, neither is Matty Ice. So uh, because of his cap situation, you, you definitely cannot bail. He has like $75 million in dead cap if you were to cut him now. Yeah. So, uh, and that's over the course of the next two or three years that you have to eat that. If, if there was any perfect scenario, I would say maybe trade him to the team of the quarterback that we're going to talk about next, 
which is mm. Philip Rivers. Okay, so are we bailing or sailing on Philip Rivers? And since I kind of led into that, I'll start and I'll just say that I think that the Falcons, their hopes of playoffs are probably already done. It's not impossible, but it's statistically very, very unlikely, especially with the competition in their own division. And so I think you trade Matt Matt Ryan for Philip Rivers and maybe like a mm. sixth round pick. Um, the Falcons might be able to eat the contract. The Colts can eat Phillips contract and um and at least the Colts will have an upgrade at quarterback in my opinion um the Colts don't really have the best weapons but uh Philip uh Philip Rivers is not really able to get the ball downfield he kind of looks like he's I mean he definitely looks washed he's looked washed for this year and last year so uh, I think it'd be an interesting move so you're going into Mm. this thinking that Colts are upset with Philip though I mean they're three and two it's not like they're in a rough spot either though yeah, but they've just they been winning games that. in very interesting manners. I mean, they're not winning games in their passing. Uh, I, I think it's time to bail on Phillip Rivers. Um, if you, I mean, yeah, you write him out. I mean, honestly, do you think that Jacoby Brissett is much worse than Phillip Rivers at this point? I see. I wouldn't have signed Phillip at the at the first start and given Jacoby another year, but I don't know. I think yeah. I honestly think they're both too old and they can't keep doing what they're doing. I think they're both – both Matty Ice and Phillip are both kind of on the very, very edges of their of their careers. Yeah, I think Matt Ryan has a little bit left in the tank, though, and I think Phillip Rivers is done. And, and to be quite honest, I mean, even if you were to switch over to Jacoby Brissett, um, Phillip Rivers, the reason he has such a high passer percentage is the same reason that Drew Brees kind of does is because he's not throwing the ball downfield. So, um yeah, okay. I think that uh, I think that Jacoby Brissett is probably a step up from Philip Rivers at this point, and I definitely think that Matt Ryan is. All right. Sure. Well, if nobody else has anything to say on Philip Rivers, let's move on. Let's talk about Dwayne Haskins. Are y'all bailing on Dwayne Haskins, or are you going to sail on with Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, it's time to. He needs to be benched for a while. He he clearly still has a lot of developing to do. I don't know, maybe you can get behind a decent starting quarterback, learn a little bit, uh, and, you know, be a solid backup for a bit and maybe be groomed to be a starter again at, at some later point. Right now, he's clearly not looking like he's starter material. To be fair, he was on a really, really bad team, still is, and the, I don't think he's in a great position to, to perform very well, but I don't think, you know, you can blame it all on the team. Just watching him play, he looks very rough. He looks yeah. very young. John, yeah. I want to hear your take real quick, Thatcher. I know that you have a point that you're going to talk about, but – John, you have briefly mentioned before that you wouldn't mind having Dwayne Haskins uh, being the backup for your team and kind of learning behind Big Ben. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, Ben's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, He's been a fantastic over his career, but I think he as well is on the edges of his career. Um, As we saw last year, our our backups just aren't, aren't there um, in the head anymore after the beating one of them took. Um, yeah, that's a good point. But I, I would love to have Dwayne Haskins. He's a younger, fresher quarterback. He's mobile. I think he was on pace for a decent year. Um, he has more weapons, better O-line. Washington has zero O-line to protect him. So it's this young quarterback trying to develop with zero time in the pocket. So you're giving him probably one of the worst places to try and develop. Um, and I, I'm saying kind of look at RG3. RG3 also did terrible for the team as well. So I'm saying if we take Dwayne Haskins, put him under the Steelers, we pick him up as our backup, 
I, I want to see what he can do on a better, with a better O-line, more weapons, um, and learning from another, from another better quarterback. Yeah. And it looks like the team has made him available too. I mean, he, he didn't even dress for practice. I think at one point, I think that their third stringer was, uh, yes, Steven Montez was taking snaps over Dwayne Haskins in practice. That's go ahead. I was just going to ask like, how long has Dwayne Haskins been in the league? Like, this is his second year. Second. He's in Bought as Danny Dimes. Yeah, I mean, I guess he hasn't had much development, and like Alex Smith has been out for a while. So, I mean, I could agree with that. I could definitely see him going to the Steelers, especially after if last year's quarterback. If I'm Washington, I, 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 I'm bailing um, and seeing what I can get for him if a team wants to take him under the Yeah, line. I think it's time to trade now. I mean, I'm bailing on Dwayne Haskins. I don't think he has a future, at least not with Washington. So, yeah, I, would, I think his, his best hope is for Dwayne Haskins to look for a trade and go to a team uh, with an aging veteran quarterback like the Steelers. I think that would be a really, really great spot. So I'm with you. His best hope is that if the XFL comes back. Gosh. There we go. That's what that's mean. Oh, yeah. The Rock bought them, so they will. All right. Well, I'm really excited to talk about this next guy. I think that he could be potentially very polarizing. Um, So Hmm. what do you all think of Carson Wentz? Charlie, I want you to go first. Um. So I actually, a couple weeks ago, I was on Twitter and I saw a video retweeted by the NFL and it was film on Carson Wentz. And it wasn't that Carson Wentz, he's a very smart quarterback, but it's his execution that has been lacking this year. Mm -hmm. He's just missing simple throws. Like he's making the right reads, but the ball's too far behind, too far in front, um, just off. And so ever really since his rookie year, he hasn't been the same. Um, this rookie year, he was unreal. And so if I'm, I'm not ready to bail on him quite yet. If, if I'm an Eagle, if I'm the owner of the Eagles, I don't bail on him yet. And I give him the rest of the year. I mean, if you can't win in the NFC East, then I don't care who you are. I'm bailing on you. Like, get, like, I don't even, you have to, you get to play the Redskins. Like you should be able to beat the Redskins with the weapons you have. I know the Eagles don't have the Cowboys defense, offense, but at least look good. You, you can you can beat them like if you're the franchise quarterback so i'm keeping them for the remainder of this year and then evaluating at the end of the year yeah, yeah. i mean mm-hmm. go on thatcher i was gonna say yeah i'll keep them just because of that division is so bad um but because like it would just take some time to i mean they're leading the division aren't they because yeah at one three and one yeah exactly <laughs> but i know but still they're still leading the division so i'd still keep dallas them. is on top Dallas has two wins. They, oh, Dallas is up now. They're they're like oh, right behind yeah, Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're like half a game behind Dallas. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I I think that Carson Wentz is still a very very talented quarterback. I think that he's just under an immense amount of pressure to try and carry the team because it's literally him, Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders versus the world. And yeah. Zach Ertz is hint hint a guy that we're going to talk about later on here. Um, but Travis Fulgham is a guy that led the team in receiving. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know if any any of us have heard I've of him before this week. Legitimately never heard of this man before. Yeah, yeah, he's he been cut from practice squad. He's been cut by like three or four different organizations, including the Eagles at one point. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, should, it just goes to show that Carson Wentz doesn't have much to work with, and so I think he's trying to overcompensate and do it himself, and I think that it's affecting his mental state and his uh, – you know, his statistics. And so I think he is a very, very talented quarterback. I think he's one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league. And so I'm hundred percent sailing with Carson Wentz 
uh, until that beautiful, until I meet that beautiful horizon. Um, I think, I think if you're, you're the Eagles, um, you're shopping them. I think teams like Falcons, like the Colts that we talked about before, possibly the Bucks, depending on how Tom does with an aging quarterback, maybe the Steelers, depending on how Ben performs, but Ben perform, Ben's been performing better than they have. Shop Carson Wentz, see what you can get in return. Problem is his contract is very, very large right now. He did sign an extension, I believe. And so um you shop him. He's a young quarterback. He yeah, shows you can definitely shop him. He looks fantastic. I would shop him. You can definitely right. shop him. The problem is that some of the teams that you mentioned, like the Steelers and the oh, uh, and no the cap. Bucks, would not be able to afford him. So, uh, I mean, I would love to see him go. If he's not going to stay with the Eagles, then I would love to see him go to an organization like the Colts. Or, uh, it, And honestly, the Colts, I think, would be the perfect spot because Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl. And so that would be the perfect fit. Uh, in terms of a scheme fit, I think that uh, the Bears would be a good fit because he is relatively mobile. Um, and there are great weapons there. Yeah, man, seriously. Um, Who starts but yeah, over him and Foles? Uh, it depends The <laughs> depends on the season. So if it's uh, clutch time to get into the playoffs, it's Foles. <laughs> but uh, let's let's bounce around a little bit. We already talked about Zach Ertz. We'll get back uh, into getting in the right order that we have here on the show, Doc. But let's talk about Zach Ertz since we already talked about it. Are y'all bailing on Zach Ertz or are y'all sailing? John, you go first. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Um, I'm shopping him. He's he's not quite making the cut like he used to. This year's kind of been a weird year. They never have receivers. All their receivers are always hurt. Um, I'm shopping him. If I'm the Eagles at this point, I'm kind of doing a restart. I'm just going to be shopping Wentz. I'm shopping Ertz. I'm going to see what I can turn around for my big-name players. Maybe you can turn around um, some money purely out of their name. Um regardless of their stats this year. So mm-hmm. I, I'm shopping. I'm bailing. I'm, I'm going full restart if I'm Eagles. Yeah. Um, man, this is a tough one because of the name brand and how dominant Zach Ertz has been throughout his career. But I think that in the Eagles' current situation, excuse me, you, you have to sail. Um, I think it – honestly, I think you're dependent upon Dallas Goddard. So I think that Dallas Goddard is one of the most talented young tight ends in the league. Um, You just need to give him the opportunity and I think he'll be great. Um, But at the same time, he is injured right now. And so if, if you, if, if Dallas Goddard is healthy by the trade deadline, then I would say, sure. uh, Try and see what you can get out of Zach Ertz, especially since Zach Ertz wants a new contract. Um, I personally don't think you uh, extend Zach Ertz. I think you either let him play out his contract or you, or you, uh, you trade him. So I'm a sale for now, but honestly, I'm on the fence. I mean, uh, I think this next week against Baltimore needs to be a good week for him. I mean, he's had seven, seven, ten, five, six targets, um, and he's never caught, you know, close to all of his targets. So he's not looking great. I mean, he's really the only option there, and that's why he was so great in years past. That's why he had so many receptions. Uh, that 90 reception year was because he was the only healthy guy. Well, now he's the only healthy guy, and he's not performing, so – um, I think, yeah. you know what? I've changed my mind. I'm bailing. I think you oh. bail. You, you get bail, what you get. Just talked yourself into it. And, uh, yeah, I talked myself into it. And I <laughs> think Dallas you. Goddard is better at this point. So um, I agree with that. I'm ready Shop to bail him. on Zach Ertz. Use your backup until Goddard's healthy. Do y'all have anything else to say about Zach Ertz before we move on? No. Nope. All right. Let's talk about Mark Ingram. Big trust out there in Baltimore uh, playing for the Oof. Ravens. Um, going into the season, high expectations. Oof. We knew J.K. Dobbins was going to take some uh, carries and some opportunities away, 
but man, I mean, I don't think anybody expected Mark Ingram to be basically, you know, not involved anymore. But Thatcher, are you yeah. bailing or sailing on Mark Ingram? Yeah, I'm going to go with bail again. I hate to say bail for every one of these guys almost, but I mean, just let the younger guys work. I'd say just go ahead and see what you can get out of them. I mean, he's 30. You have Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. They're both really young and talented. They're all sharing almost an equal amount of carries. Um, but I'd say get them out. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and bail. Daniel? Yeah, I, I'm a little confused by their choices to go with like a committee backfield when you have Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards. It seems like, if anything, you would probably want to lead with Mark Ingram and then maybe try and get Dobbins here and there as, as a changeup. Uh, they've decided to go with a committee back. I, I don't really know that Mark Ingram has much value there. I don't, he doesn't seem to be thriving in that kind of situation. I think, if anything, you know, you need to commit to a, a running back, and you've got three decent options. J.K. Dobbins probably has the most potential, obviously. So I don't, I don't really see this approach. It doesn't seem to be all that effective for him. And I don't think Mark Ingram's very effective in that role. So I think, you know, maybe you just need to bail on him at this point if you don't want to commit to him. Yeah, I'm ready for uh, I'm ready for Baltimore to trade Mark Ingram to the Jets for a second round pick and uh, you know three first rounders or whatever. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think it's time to move on from Mark Ingram. I think him and J.K. Dobbins offer the same skill set, except J.K. Except J.K. Dobbins is way better at it. Uh, and then honestly, Gus Edwards is a better runner than Mark Ingram at this point. He's been um, very efficient. He's very, very efficient. He gets you good yards per carry. Uh, and the only times that Mark Ingram has had any kind of a decent fantasy game is when he's fallen into the end zone. He hasn't had more than 60 yards rushing. Um, and against Houston, he did well because he had a touchdown. And against Washington, he did okay. He only had right under 11 points because he only had 30 yards rushing and a touchdown with one reception. Uh, and so he's been really, really unimpressive. He's very touchdown dependent. So I'm ready to bail on him. J.K. Dobbins and him do the exact same thing, except J.K. Dobbins is way better. Get rid of Mark Ingram's contract and just bail now. All righty, let's, uh, let's move on to the last few names. We've got three names left, so let's, let's make this a rapid round. Jimmy Garoppolo, John, are you bailing or sailing? Bail. I'm bailing, 100%. Charlie? He's hurt, not doing well. Charlie, are you going to bail or sail on Jimmy Oh, I'm Garoppolo? bailing. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll quickly say bail. I mean, uh, CJ uh, Bethard or Bethard has been able to show that he can do pretty much the same thing. Jimmy Garoppolo, when he's on, is definitely better than those guys, but it doesn't really feel like he's on. So uh, I'm ready to bail, and uh, the San Francisco 49ers can maybe go make a move on you know, one of these different quarterbacks that we've talked about so far because, to be honest, I think that pretty much all of these quarterbacks except for Phillip Rivers are probably better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Who, who would y'all say is better? Uh, let's, let's throw out some names. Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo. Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. Uh, Matt Ryan. Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. I'm, I'm literally taking all of the above over Jimmy G. Phillip Rivers over Jimmy G. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I think I would take, I think I would take Jimmy G. They um, went to the Super Bowl on their defense. They did not go to the Super Bowl on Jimmy G. That's Jimmy true. G is not that That's good. That's true. And uh, they're running. But he's Dwayne so good Dwayne Haskins or Jimmy G? Jimmy G. I, mm, I that one's close to me, actually. That one's actually closer. Guys, I think you guys are greatly undervaluing how great Jimmy G is at the running back handoff. Like, he performs <laughs> that true. excellently. Like, it's That's true. without flaw. And he looks how very do good doing it. He has a model, if anything. That's true. It's if this was a, a yeah. point for model quarterback league, then Jimmy G Dude, is the number one overall pick. Every time. That's right. That's right. 
I'm all right, well, yeah, it sounds like we're all bailing on Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's talk about, um, you know what? I want to skip this one. I want to talk about this one last, um, the one that's next on the list. So let's talk about A.J. Green, and then we'll finish off with this bigger name because I think he'll be very controversial. But A.J. Green, are we bailing or bail. selling? I'll, bail. Yeah, I'm going to bail, and I was the truther on A.J. Green. He just doesn't look like his old self, and he's he not being targeted wanted to trade. Anymore. Did you see the footage? He you. literally asked for a trade on the sideline this past game. Yeah, I think it's time for him to be somewhere else. Um, and then I don't the think pick, the he literally put in no anymore. effort, didn't try and tackle the guy. Yeah. He's, a, he's out. No one wants to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, then let's finish off with Juju Smith-Schuster. I think this is going to be the biggest name that we talk bail. about. Are y'all bailing or sailing? Charlie, you said bail. Quickly talk about why, and uh, let's discuss. Honestly, the Steelers don't need them. They have so many wide receivers. And so if I win the Steelers, <clears throat> I am trying to trade him based off of his name. I probably can get – you can get something good in return for them. And you have up and coming uh, wide receivers. You have like three young guys that honestly are just as good as Juju. Um, Juju is a slot guy. You have Deontay Johnson. Claypool looks like he's the next Calvin Johnson. So I think there's other, you could trade Juju for maybe uh, some picks and get draft yourself a young quarterback. Another wide receiver. We're really yeah. good at drafting wide receivers. So I'm, I'm with you, Charlie. I'll keep it short. Um, but yeah, I think that Juju is a very, very talented wide receiver, but Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, both very, very good, can get the job done. Um, Juju hasn't even been that involved. And so uh, he's coming up on a contract year. You don't need to pay him. You can be successful without him. So move yeah. on, save the money. Uh, does anybody disagree and say, keep him? No. Yeah. I think your receiving pool is so large and so talented. There's no need. I think if anything, you're just overpaying a guy who's giving you pretty average production. He's almost yeah. wide receiver two or three on the team now. Yeah. I mean, if we have James Washington as our, he was our third wide receiver. Now he's, he's kind of in that word's four spot. Um, but Juju's very, very quickly dropping. So yeah, I never really got the hype behind Juju to begin with. Like he was never, because he put up an was... incredible year that first year with AB. But, I mean, like, he never did anything that, like, when you look at it, be like, wow, that guy's going to be – like he no, just, he was wide open. A lot guy who caught field. receptions and, like, he didn't break big runs, didn't make – didn't moss anyone, doesn't – not a deep threat. Like, he's just an average – his name is Juju, and that's why he's has all this hype. Okay, so just to be clear, though, we're bailing not because of talent. We're bailing on uh, teams' opportunity the, to move on, save yes. money. Okay. What, what would you get in return? Picks. Um, you would yeah, take picks, I think you. I think you would go, go for. Picks. Would you go get for? Much more uh, would you go for like a running back or load up more on defense? Because James Conner is also coming up on a contract. I don't here. think you go running back because you draft. You drafted Anthony McFarlane. Benny Snell has proven to be a good running back behind him. So uh, I think that you see if you can get the highest pick possible, or maybe go trade for a position that is lacking right now, or maybe go get your backup quarterback. I don't know. I mean. I think yeah. whatever you got to do, it's got to be something that's going to help your team the in the future. Are barely cutting it. Um, I, I I honestly think if they traded, they go for picks or for defense. Defense yeah. is looking kind of weird this year because on a down slope for some reason. I think if they did anything, would go out and stretch for uh, safety. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on and let's do start sets. I know Daniel has to leave because of a prior commitments, and so Daniel, why don't you throw us your start and your sit back to back? Who do you got for us to start this week? Yeah, I'm kind of excited again about uh, – I don't even know how you say his name. Is it LaVisca? LaVisca Chenault. Chenault. 
Like, he's just getting so many looks in this offense. He's gotten some carries. He's been a pretty consistent target in each matchup. He hasn't really produced any big numbers. I mean, he's had a 14, couple 14, a 13 game. But he's just been so consistent. I think he's going to continue to be a pretty solid option. I think he's a pretty comfortable flex at this point. DJ Chark appears to be still pretty banged up. And so against these kind of weaker teams, you know, I think you can count on him to have another another pretty decent outing. Um, I mean, the Lions are, are definitely not a, a highly competitive team on the defensive end. So I think he's a pretty safe flex start there. Uh, let's see. Sit. Am I sit? Tyler Higby. And this one pains me because he's on my fantasy team has been such a disappointment. And I, I kind of worried that it could happen. I was actually trying to trade him pretty much all offseason because I, I knew they still have Gerald Everett. And in the early part of last season, they kept running, you know, both of them pretty heavily. And so it was kind of a back-to-back night where one guy would have a good game and then the next guy. And honestly, more often than not, it was Gerald Everett until the end of the year when he went down. And so Higby is just kind of, kind of dropped back to the basement floor. Like he's just been pretty awful. Had some really – Really awesome. That one breakout. He had that breakout. We had like three touchdowns, but it's like he didn't even have that many targets in that game. So no. he's not a huge part of their offensive scheme right now. There's a lot of mouths to feed. Gerald Everett is still a young guy who's performing well. In fact, I think last game, um, I think he like led the team in like targets or yards. I forget now. But it's just Tyler Higby's not a big enough part of this offense to warrant fantasy value right now. So I think he's a pretty strong sit at this point. So mm-hmm. And then I know you have to leave soon also, but what's your, what's your matchup? What are you looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, there's a lot of good games this weekend. I think there's a couple of really big names to watch for, and I'm really excited to see the Chiefs and the Bills, both of which just dropped games. Um, the Bills somehow lost to the, the Titans, who are looking pretty strong. They got the Chiefs, spanked by the Titans. Even it was, worse. It was the Raiders, who are coming on strong for really no good reason that I can think of, but they're winning some games. And so – I think both of these teams really need to win here. Both of them are strong competitors come playoff time, I think. So this is a, a big game to watch out for. And it's it's Chiefs at Buffalo. So I think, you know, whatever that's worth this year, you know, the home court advantage is kind of minimal. But it, it does, I think, will make somewhat of a difference. Chiefs are a pretty tough team to beat, though, and their defense is looking better. So yeah. we'll see what Josh Allen is able to do, if he's able to just throw it together in another amazing game. or if he I'm looking for a bounce back game from from Josh Allen. He needs it. The team needs it. Yeah, definitely. We'll see it. So with that, I'll leave y'all, but I'm excited to to see the results on this one. Yeah, man, have for fun. sure. All right, well, uh, have, dinner. have fun doing your thing, my brother. Doodles. Peace. All right, Charlie, I know that you are on a similar time crunch, so why don't you give us your starts and sits back-to-back and your matchup for the week. Who are you starting this week? My start is going to be Justin Jefferson against that defense is what they call it in Atlanta, but I don't really know if it's really defense. Um, I mean, they're just giving up so many passing yards a game, and the Vikings, besides Adam Thielen, really don't have a other guy to throw it to. And Justin Jefferson is up and coming. I think he, he's going to have the targets, and I actually think he's going to get a lot of receptions and maybe even a touchdown. So I'm starting Justin Jefferson this week. I'm sitting OBJ. Um, it's at the Steelers. I just don't think – unless he gets a touchdown, I think he's going to be right around that – eight to 12 point um, range. And I think you can get that without the risk of him because he very well could go receptionless. He's proved that before found out that. Yes. <laughs> yes he can. Um, so I think there's other players that you can rely on. 
a little bit more consistent than OBJ, but you do miss out on, he could go off for a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Um, you just really never know what the Browns are going to be doing. And if, I mean, if OBJ catch, catches his targets, he could go have a really good game, but mm-hmm. I'm not risking it this week in Pittsburgh. Um, and then my matchup to watch is Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. I think that's going to be a really fun game. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Um, I can't even remember the last time they played each other. It's been a little while. Um, I think it's been it's a few be, years. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's got to be a few. So um, I don't even know what the record is head-to-head, I think. Aaron Rodgers is winning it? I'm not I sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either, to be honest. But it's going to be a fun Packers. game regardless. Um, there should be a lot of offense. The Packers, surprisingly, have blown out every team they've played so far, so far this year. Oh, yeah. Um, again, they really haven't played anyone that good. So the, hopefully this will be a much closer game. Um, a little bit more competitive, and we'll get to see if Aaron Rodgers is really having a breakout year this year. Oh, yeah. This is definitely going to be a game to see both teams' true colors uh, and see if they really can compete both on offense and defense because I think that both teams have very underrated defenses and uh, and very anticipated offenses. So I'll be, I'll be very, very excited to watch that game. Who do you have winning? Packers. Um, I'm going to pick the Packers. As much as it pains me, I think yep. the Packers are really good. I think they're the best team in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, overall team, their defense is better Looking than most good. thought. Yeah. Um, their offense is actually surprisingly really good. They're the incredible. Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, they kind of went head-to-head. The Packers drafting another quarterback. You didn't really know if Aaron Rodgers was going to have that good of a year. But, I mean, he's coming out firing. The team's coming out um, kind of with a chip on their shoulder that they have something to prove. Oh, um, yeah. They really haven't been talked about as a contender in kind of a long time. Yeah. Um, and so they're going out there just handling business as usual. So I think the Packers are going to win this game. Yeah, man. I'm that man. That's one of my favorite games to look forward to. But uh, give me one of the best of the year. Oh, I think it could be. I think it could be. Um, yeah. All right, Chuck. I know you got to bounce. Yeah. So you'll have a good rest of the podcast. Um, we'll see you guys next week. All right, Charlie. Until next Thank time, you. my friend. See ya. All right. Well, for the rest of us, we got to get back to work now, especially since we've cut the dead weight. We've got the freaking three amigos in the house. So, oh, let's go! The two bald guys. <laughs> and two me, bald so. men, Carson. Yeah, I need to. The just two shave bald men and John. So, oh, okay. So. All right, Thatcher. Uh, let's get back to your start. Um, who who are you starting? And tell us what you expect from him. So I'm going to start Michael Gallup, and I know he's been kind of struggling a little bit this year. Um, but I mean, I just saw at the end of the game, once that got hurt, I saw like a little spark between Andy Dalton and Gallup, um, towards the end of the game. So I'm just kind of looking forward to that. Let's see what, we'll see what happens after or with that. I'm pretty confident. I don't know. It's just a gut feeling most likely, but yeah, I think that that, that could be very, very interesting with the new quarterback. So yeah, yeah I, 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 I know they're playing it. Arizona, and that they're kind of they have a pretty decent defense. But yeah, I mean, it could be a high scoring catches, team. though. Too, it could be a very high scoring game. So I'll be very, very excited to see this. John, you're starting. You're, I like your start, and and I'll tell you why after you explain. I am smashing Kirk Cousins in. I'm actually starting him over Lamar this week. Oh um, I know the Ravens have been winning, but uh, Lamar, he's not last year. Um, and I understand that, and I'm not bailing on him. I'm still keeping him. Um, I still have faith in him. I think it's just taking a little bit of time to adjust. This has been a weird year. 
Um, they're figuring out their run game, but Kirk Cousins against the Falcons. And I'm not betting so much on Kirk. I'm betting against the Falcons. The Falcons' yeah. defense has let – their worst performance against them was actually Teddy Bridgewater's uh, 313 passing yards and two touchdowns last week mm-hmm. was their worst performance against them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cousins has had several multiple touchdown games, um, I believe two in his past three games. So he's starting to come alive. Their offense is finally starting to click. Um, but, again, the Falcons are just atrocious right now. Every every person that they've played against, every quarterback, no one has scored fewer than 20. So I think he's a lock as a start. There's no reason you shouldn't play him. Um, yeah. If he's on your waiver wire, go pick him up purely for this game. Yeah, I mean, okay, so the, the Falcons have allowed, I think, like an average of like 350-plus yards to the opposing quarterback. And yeah. Kirk Cousins hasn't thrown over 260 yards yet on the season. And so I think that Vegas has the over-under at around 270 yards passing. And so I'm smashing the over. I know he I'm hasn't done it over. yet this season, but mm-hmm. the fa- he's if he's going to do it against anybody, it's going to be the Falcons. So especially since the Falcons have the ability to put up a lot of points against a team, they just don't really have the defense to slow the opposing team down. So I think that uh, this is a great call for Kirk Cousins. I think this is a good, very, very good start. Um, okay, so – Mine is conditional. I am starting Antonio Gibson against the Giants, but only if Kyle Allen is the starter. Okay, Have now let me explain why. Have who their starter is yet? Okay, so that's, that's the one thing I was going to get to next, is that Ron Rivera at one point did say that as long as Kyle Allen was healthy and cleared, he would be the starter going forward. Now, Kyle Allen was more efficient than, uh, than Alex Smith. Um, I think that Alex Smith is probably the best quarterback on the team. He's got a, I mean, he's, he's innocent until proven guilty in my opinion, because of how good he was in the past, uh, especially his first year. Right. Um, But uh, Kyle Allen, uh, he is a guy that kept Christian McCaffrey alive last year. I mean, he just targeted Christian McCaffrey. And I think he had, I think in the first quarter, Antonio Gibson had five receptions. And then I think he only had one more reception after Kyle Allen went down. So um, Kyle Allen loves to dump it down to his running back. Antonio Gibson is built for that. And Alex Smith seemed to prefer J.D. McKissick for some reason. I don't know why he likes less talented guys, but nonetheless, he, he did. <laughs> so um, if Kyle Allen is the starter, and he was cleared by uh, the team's doctors, I think yesterday or today, um, as long as he's the starter, Antonio Gibson is the guy. Uh, if he's not the guy, then my start is going to be, my pivot is going to be Jamison Crowder at Miami. Jamison Crowder has yet to have a game with less than 10 targets. Now, he was injured for like two weeks, but he had like 14 targets and then 10 targets and then 10 targets. He is on the Jets. No, they don't. They actually released, uh, uh, let's see here, Dante Moncrief, I think, was on the team, and they released him. Uh, Denzel Mims is going to practice for the first time since like, I don't know, the first week. I don't even know if he's practiced with the team yet, rookie that they drafted out of Baylor in the second round. But Jamison Crowder has just proven to be very consistent um, he's going to be in the top 25. Uh, he's going to have a ton of targets. The question is whether or not he's going to have a high yardage total. But if you're in a PPR format, I think that he is a smash start uh, if you are looking to fill that wide receiver two or three spot. Um, okay. For sure. Let's move on to sits. Thatcher, um, this is – I think I like it. 
I think I like it. Convince me. <laughs> it's not I like it. It's not so obvious. I would sit DJ Moore unless you're on John's fantasy team. I would definitely play him. But um, I think DJ Moore, I mean, yeah, he had a good game against the Falcons. Was it the Falcons? Yeah, it was the Falcons. But um, he had a good game with them and the Bucks. I mean, he hasn't been showing up too much, but I just want a reminder that he's facing the Bears, and the Bears' defense is definitely a top five. So I don't think he's going to get much out of that this week. So Yeah. I will say, keep in mind, it took going against the Falcons' defense for DJ Moore to finally be relevant this year. And so that's not very encouraging. The I think that, he uh, did well against the Bucks. Yeah, he did pretty well against the Bucks. Did he have a touchdown? Is that why? Eight receptions for 120 yards. Oh, yep. that'll do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he just hasn't been – Robbie Anderson is leading the, leading the team in, in, uh, in receptions and in targets and yards, I think, pretty much every category. And mm-hmm. it really feels like Robbie Anderson is the number one guy. And so um, I, th- I think I like to pick uh, Thatcher. Uh, DJ Moore, he definitely – I think he's the most talented wide receiver on the team. And so uh, he could just be in a slump. But I think this will be a game to really show us whether or not, you know, last game was a, a get-right game or if it was kind of a fluke for what you can expect for the rest of the season. So, John, you're going to sit. Okay, I, this is interesting. Y'all are kind of on the same page. Why are you sitting this guy? I'm sitting Teddy. Um, again, this is kind of – it kind of goes back to my Kirk thing. Um, I'm not so much as betting for the quarterback – I'm betting against the defense. I think the Bears, the Bears have only allowed four passing touchdowns this season. Um, barely over 12 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. They're only second to the Colts in fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing QBs. So I love Teddy. Uh, huge fan. I think he's doing fantastic this year. But I, I, I'm betting on the Bears this year or this game. I'm, I'm not betting on Teddy. Yeah, I, and I like this a little bit, and I'll tell you why. It's because, number one, he's not a guy that you drafted high, and so you probably don't need to start him. Um, but I don't, I don't really anticipate this game being a super high-scoring game. Um, and so I think that it's going to be kind of a, a slug run fest and maybe short yardage. And so I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be throwing for a lot of yards or touchdowns. And so um, because of that, I think that Teddy Bridgewater is a good sit. Uh, plus, as it stands right now, uh, I don't know if last game changed because he had two touchdowns, but uh, the league average on touchdown percentage rate is about 5%. That means for every pass that you throw, something like 5% of them are supposed to be touchdowns. Well, Teddy Bridgewater is at sub 3%. So he's about half of what the league average is. And so he's due for uh, you know, a potential increase in, in touchdowns throughout the year. Um, statistically. Uh, I don't know if it's going to come this game because I think it's low scoring, but I think this is a good sit. That's an awesome stat. I've never heard that before. That's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I think it's pretty helpful. I mean, Carson Wentz back in his uh, um, MVP year, he was at like somewhere between 7 and 9%. So that's, they also, that's a big number. They run it for wide receivers. And I think it was Ruggs last year in college. Like every third catch he was catching was a touchdown. Yeah. And then Russell Wilson up until like a week or two ago was like, uh, I think he was in like the 20 percentile, so it was high. Wow. Um, it's because he's yeah. DK. That's an automatic touchdown every time yeah. you're throwing it. All right, so the final set is going to be my set, and um, I am skeptical skeptical of my own set, but I think I can talk myself into it. I don't know about this it. one. It's Devin Singletary versus the Kansas City Chiefs, and let me tell you why. Uh, I personally don't believe in Devin Singletary as the main, um, as the main three-down back, and I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game, 
And it feels like the only time Devin Singletary has been good in fantasy is when he's kind of running out the clock. Um, whenever they're playing a competitive team, it doesn't really feel like they're involving the running backs in the passing game. And so uh, I don't really expect Devin Singletary to do much except pass block. Uh, this is, is going to be coming back this game. I think that he is. Uh, and so that's another reason to not want to play Singletary because Moss is going to take carries away from Singletary. So Singletary might not even touch the ball more than, especially against the Chiefs. I'd be surprised if he touched the ball over 15 times. Uh, and so you have to be super efficient with that kind of production. And I don't think that Devin Singletary is efficient in the realm of Alvin Kamara or Aaron Jones. So um, I think you sit him because I think th- that this is going to be a high scoring game and the Bills might have to try and keep up with the Chiefs. And so I don't really see a scenario where the Bills are trying to run out the clock against the Chiefs. And so I don't think that Devin Singletary is really going to have the opportunity to score a lot of points. So uh, I would consider a success somewhere in the realm of around 11 points or less. Um, Honestly, I would be surprised if he did score double digits, but um, we'll see what happens. All right, let's let's wrap up this current episode with some pick'em. Um, let's see here, Thatch, you are talking about the Texans at Tennessee. Tell us, tell us what you think. Oh yeah. It's a division game. And also, so the Texans just lost their head coach and they got their first dub. And so I think there's a spark with that. I want to see, I want to see if Brandon Cooks is, um, if he was just holding out, I want to see if he's got the the talent. I want to see if he can do what he did against the Jaguars again. Um, also Tennessee, they have a ton of, uh, injuries, but they still Tennessee just destroyed last week. Yeah, they I mean, were unreal yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah, on Tuesday night, so Tuesday night see, football, baby. Yeah, I want to see that again. They they destroyed the Bills, so I I can't wait to see that matchup, and it'll be just an interesting game. So, yeah, I'm I'm Are really looking forward to it. as a Texans fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. yes, and I'll make it very brief. Uh, number one, we're not a. I mean, could we compete in the playoffs? Maybe. Um, but our defense is bad, and we don't have a future in regards to picks. We don't. I don't think we have a first or second round pick until like no. 2022 or 2023. No and so uh, I have zero hope whatsoever. If we're going to do any kind of damage on adding people, it's going to have to be in free agency or figuring out a way to trade for people on dirt cheap and turning them into all-stars. So, uh, John, tell us about – well, actually, no, I'm next to talk about my matchup. Uh, John, I am excited because I was thinking about talking about your matchup but I'm going to talk about the Cardinals at, at Dallas uh, at the Cowboys. So um, I think that this is going to be a game that's closer than people think. I think, like I said earlier, that Andy Dalton is a good quarterback and the Cardinals are definitely better than they were last year in defense, but that isn't hard to do because they were trash last year on defense. And so I think that Andy Dalton is going to have a pretty easy going game. Um, let's see here. Is Who it, wins this game? I think the mm, man. Right I now think I have the cards. I have the cards as well right now, but the Cardinals did lose, what's his name, Chandler Jones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chandler Jones uh, is, I think, probably done for the year with a biceps injury. Um, and so uh, Andy Dalton is going to have plenty of time in the pocket. And so uh, I think that if, if Kyler Murray doesn't turn the ball over like he has been doing the past two weeks and they win this game, um, but the Cardinals just have the ability to put up so many points on offense to play quick and to even slow the to slow the play down with Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. And so uh, I think as long as they're efficient, they win this game. But I think that this could be a very, very high scoring game. And I think as of right now, I'm double checking, but it looks like, uh, are, are the Cardinals favored to win this yes. game? 
Last okay, time I they checked, are favored. Are favored. Yeah, they're favored by a by, decent amount. Yeah, uh, well, only a spread of two and a half. So uh, Vegas is expecting uh, then this Then it's gotten closer. Close. It was three and a half last time I checked. Yeah, but I think that this will be a closer game than people anticipate, especially you doubtful Cowboys fans. All right, John, wrap us up on matchups. I love, I love this matchup. Awesome. So I'm going with the Browns and the Steelers. I think this is a huge game for both of them. Um, Steelers obviously undefeated right now at 4-0. Cleveland is 4-1, but they're coming in hot um, right now. Their rushing game is unreal. Kareem Hunt is playing out of his mind, um, but their defense just isn't there. Whereas the Steelers defense, uh, I'm looking right now at NFL.com's website, and they have Steelers defense as number one. Brown's rushing is number one. So I think this is going to be a movable object hits unstoppable object. And so yeah. I want to see how it goes. I think Steelers passing game is, I think it's better than the Browns defense or obviously better than the Browns defense, but I think it's better than the Browns passing game. Oh yeah. I think Ben with his, uh, his wide receivers are a lot better than Baker with his. I think yeah. Baker is just not as good of a quarterback. So no. I see the Steelers winning, um, but I think this is a hugely important game for more so the Browns than the Steelers. Um, obviously, the Steelers want to keep their undefeated record, but I think if the Browns win this game, they go 5-1, and one, and it's massive for their entire franchise who haven't even had winning schedules for a long, long time. Yeah, so the reason that this is one of my favorite games to watch this week, more so than a lot of the other ones that we've even talked about so far, is that I am so interested to see how the Browns offense adapts with Kareem Hunt against the Steelers. So the Steelers have done a pretty good job on defense against opposing running backs. They did allow like a 75-yard rush from, uh, from Miles Sanders last week, but that was mm-hmm. kind of a one-play fluke, and they haven't, I don't think they've allowed anybody over 50 yards yet this season. And so uh, y'all have heard me talk about it before. I think that Kareem Hunt is better and more well-rounded than Nick Chubb. And so I'll be interested to see if the Browns change their scheme up a little bit um, to where they just go full three down back and ride Kareem Hunt on just handing him the ball off. I mean, I personally think that Kareem Hunt is a guy that you need to get him the ball 25 plus times, uh, whether it's a reception or a carry. But I'll be very interested to see if they change their offensive mindset just a little bit um, uh, because the Steelers are a very, very good team. And of course, uh, I'll be interested to see how the Steelers hold up against what seems to be one of their tougher matchups on the year. The Browns look yeah. good so far. Um, but I'm I think curious that they're gonna crumble. To see because we all we all watched week one when they locked down Saquon. Um, ben had more rushing yards than Saquon did mm-hmm. week one. But the weeks after that, they've been kind of lax on running backs just to kind of spread out the field a little bit more. I mean, you went against the Giants in your game plans to stop Saquon. Right. They haven't really run into anyone else like that. So I'm curious to see if they run something similar to what they did week one. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm curious. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun matchup, but I definitely have the Steelers winning this game. All right, let's talk matchups before we get out of here. Let's keep it quick. I don't want this to go too long, but are there any pretty significant upsets that y'all have? I actually have quite a few upsets predicted. Dolphins or the Broncos. It's a close one, but it's technically an upset. I do have the Broncos or the the Dolphins over the Broncos. Raiders. I have Redskins over the Giants. I also have the Redskins over the Giants. Wait, what'd you say, Thatch? I've got Raiders over the Bucks. I don't know. The Raiders are showing up this year. Well, the Raiders aren't playing the Bucks, so oh, they aren't. No, that's embarrassing. Um. Well, actually, I was gonna say one of the upsets was well, that was the, one of the reasons for my picks is because like the Texans. The Raiders are on by, dude. 
I know. I, I just <laughs> you are. Right. I'm on the right week now. Sorry, but um, I was gonna say the Texans and the Titans just because the Texans are one and four and the Titans are four and zero. Oh, I think I think the Texans could possibly pull it off. So. Yeah, I got the Titans winning that game. And I Texans got the Titans game, so. winning that one. Not after what they just did to the Bills. Yeah, Ryan they've Tannehill. had weeks of rest. There, I need to <laughs> I need to go no, back and rewatch man. that game. But Ryan Tannehill no. looks like he could be okay. I actually have the Bengals over the Colts. Uh, I think that the Colts are just kind of stagnant right now. Uh, I actually have locked down on defense though. I have the Falcons over the Vikings. Now this is questionable for me, but I'll be interested to see how the, if the Falcons bounce back after their coach getting fired. Not debatable. I tried to pick the Falcons last week and they just let me down. And then of course I agree with John, the Redskins uh, beat the giants, but we'll see. Are there, are there any other matchups that y'all want to talk about? Are y'all ready to get out of here? No, I'm good to go. I have Chiefs over Bills, even though I'm questionable about that, but I'm not going to bet against the Chiefs. That's going to be a fun – this is going to be a fun week of matchups, so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm ready to um, lose and pick them league again. I'm ready to be 0-6 in Dynasty, so here we go. Here's, here's to that with, with no future picks. I feel like, like the Texans. Alone. I feel like the Texans with no – because I have no picks until 2022, I think. So I'm just I'm writing it out. So. True. You have no picks thanks to your guy here. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week on the Benchwarmers and Waterboys podcast. Make sure to check us out on our social media, at BWaterboys at Twitter, where you can stay up to date, never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate you just sharing it with a friend, giving us a rating on iTunes, or you know, just uh, getting involved with us on Twitter, vote on our polls, and, and retweet us, and get involved. Tell us you know, different Tell drafts you want to hear, and and all of these different things. So make sure and check out the episode uh, that we launched a few days before this one. So uh, once again, thanks for joining us this week on the Bench Warmers and Water Boys podcast. We're out of here. See y'all. Peace. Peace.